Welcome to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. I am your host, George Evian, and welcome to episode 19. Started these at the start of the year on January 3rd, I believe, is when we started. And now we are, boy, all the way into halfway through March. So one of the things we've talked about, even with the old podcast that we did, was, you know, this idea of a, you know, tw- a book. Uh, you know, I am right now, as are you, we are three chapters in essentially into our 2023 book. And um, we're 15 uh, pages into that chapter of chapter three. So that's how I kind of look at it. I think um, we always start off well, right? Don't we? Um, We always start off well, January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, January 15th, 20th, 21st, right? February 14th, all that. Now it's, you know, we're three months in. So the question is, and I guess I pose it to myself is, who are we? Where are we? How have we improved? What are we doing? How are we moving the needle? Are we still living our word of the year, which is bigger? Are we still living that? Are we still dreaming of it? Are we still executing on it? Or are we doing what we were doing on November 21st or December 15th of 2022? Are we that same person or did we level up and get better? So um, slowly, just being honest, right? More of a therapy thing for me every time we roll out, roll this out, but um, you know, slipping back into it, you know, negative thoughts, negative beliefs, negative, uh, negative uh, thinking, uh, you know, it's not that important doesn't matter. I am who I am. Um, Position doesn't matter. Responsibilities don't matter. The pay is decent where I'm at, like, you know, all this sort of stuff, right? So you start having these, it's okay. I'm okay. This isn't that bad narrative in your mind. And you stop moving forward and you just fall back into old habits. Listen, we had a conversation. There's, I've got a page of notes here. Things I'm really inspired and moved by today and wanted to get into it. And as I get talking, my uh, mind, mind always kind of shifts to other things. But I spoke with a group last night and we talked about habits and we talked about comfort zone. And, and you've all heard this and we've talked about it many times before in our podcast of just being in, a, being in your comfort zone. And you, we start January 1st or whatever that is, right? Or whatever um, milestone you start at right? Things are going to be different. We're starting today. It's going to be great. And I'm excited about it. And I'm I'm making changes, right? But getting out of that comfort zone, being accountable to that, uh, uh, to getting out of your comfort zone, being accountable to um, a different way of of moving and and, um, thinking and executing is difficult, right? But what we talked about with this group last night, and just to kind of share it with you, this is not really the purpose of this call, or I'm sorry, of this podcast is now we're not going to change until our habits change. We're just not, right? We're not going to change until our habits change. Um, you know, the habits are that what you can just routinely do. It's who you are. It's what you stand for. It's your standards. It's your values. It's, you know, really the way that habits kind of work is this. And I'm pulling something from 25 or 30 years ago and probably won't speak to it well, right? But Tony Robbins in a book called Awaken the Giant Within. It was this great book that I've probably read more than any other book that I have on my shelf. And I probably bought it 25, 30 years ago, whatever it is, right? Um, You know, talks about, hey, no matter what you think you're doing, you're always going towards pleasure and away from pain. Everything, every decision you make is towards those two things, the avoidance of pain and moving towards pleasure. So it's this morning waking my kid up at 5.30 in the morning to get to the gym to get his workout in, right? In the, in the past, and he's been very good at this, it's let's go, right? So he pops out of bed. He meets me downstairs in five minutes. The 
pleasure, right? The pleasure of getting his shooting in, of getting a workout in, of that accomplishment, of improving, outweighed, that pleasure outweighed the pleasure of laying in bed and getting more sleep, right? It was, the, oh man, this bed is great. It's the winter, it's cold, it's 30 degrees out. I'm comfortable. I could get another 45 minutes of sleep. Dad's not going to wake me up for a while. Or, or that's the pleasure. Or the, the pain of, that's the pleasure. Or the pain of, I got to get up. I don't want to get up. I've got to get to the gym. Blah, blah, blah. Like all these things that may be more painful than that. So what's the shift? The shift for him is that pleasure in his mind of, of, of wanting to accomplish that task of getting out. Maybe it's as simple as the pleasure of, and he told me this last night, although he didn't execute it on this morning of, man, I like getting up and getting a cookie, getting a cracker and getting an apple juice. That's his pleasure. That drives him to get out of bed. Then it's the motivation of getting into the gym. That's his pleasure. It's right. So, but today woke him up, not moving, dad, not happening, not doing it right. Um, let me sleep. Let me sleep. So that there it is of the pain of getting up, the pleasure of sleeping in, right? And it's just one example, but that's kind of the idea of then you've got to create these habits and the habits have to wind up being the things that are moving you towards what you want to do and who you want to be and how your teams, how you want your teams to be. Like, it's the same thing with our habits. When we were working with this group last night, it's, it's, it's athletic related, but it's anything in, in, in any team you're dealing with and who you're trying to become or what your team is trying to become. And it boils down to changing our habits and getting out of our comfort zone. And that was our message last night to this group is like, what, what are you measuring yourself against? Is, is being okay, just okay for you and your team? What is the industry standard for your team? So when we work with these young athletes and I, and I don't apologize for this, at all. Who, who is the best? Who has kicked our tail? Who has a standard? Who has a way of working, a way of playing? Who has um, a, you know, these high standards? Who is crushing it and winning games and winning championships and going to the stage? Who are those people? And then study them. And then measure. And it's okay to sit there and say, we're not there yet. But I do know this. Who we are, what we're doing, what our standards are, what our habits are are not even close to what it takes to be at that level. We're too comfortable being okay. Draw that bell curve. Front 10%, middle 80%, last 10%. Draw your bell curve. We're just okay. And I'm not saying this team I'm working with because we're good. But we've got to, like, you know, good is the enemy of great. Being comfortable, right? Um, man, there's just so many things about that. How and, and it parlays back into my 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 morning rituals, my getting up, mine wanting to crush the day, me not wanting to press record on this 20 minutes ago. No desire to. Just another podcast doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody's listening. No, it does matter. People are listening. People are consuming this. People are reaching out to me. People are responding on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. And I'm having this great conversation with it. Like it all matters. But you can start having this thing of, Man, this is like, it doesn't matter. It's okay just being okay. It's not. I thought about this last night on the drive home and then none of this is scripted in my notes here or anything like that because this wasn't what I wasn't going to talk about. 
But I'm driving home last night, and I mentioned to my boys, isn't it, doesn't it consume, it should consume you. I forgot how I phrased it, but this was the con- uh, context of it. It should consume you to push yourself to figure out what you are actually capable of. You should push yourself just to see what you're actually capable of. And that's getting out of your comfort zone, having a higher standard, developing better habits, having a better morning routine and ritual, waking up and crushing the day, plugging into different content that moves you and inspires you and and pushes you, right? All that sort of stuff, right? You've got to be able to do that. What Wouldn't it be a shame to leave it all on the table? So I tell these kids that we worked with last night, and I, and I said the same thing to myself at 50 now, right? This idea of, man, there's so much on the table. For you listening, there is so much on the table for you that you're just leaving on the table, as am I at 50, as are the athletes I worked with last night that are 14 and 15. Like, wouldn't it suck to be 14, 15, 16, 17 years old? And you know this as an adult listening to this. To have them sit there and say that I can't, I couldn't do that, I'm not capable, like all that sort of stuff, which I hear. I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not talented enough to do this. God didn't bless me enough to do this. And you sit there as an adult who's 50 saying, it's a bunch of garbage, it's a bunch of BS. To have 14, 16, 18-year-olds say when they got their whole life in front of them and there's nothing they can't do. So... We say the same thing at 50. Not good enough, not smart enough, not talented enough, not resourceful enough, no response, whatever it is, right? It's ridiculous. And don't let your teams do that. So we sit around, and I had this great conversation with somebody at work this week, and it was this idea of that, you know, we've got to build more of a respect around what we do. We meaning the team and the department I kind of work with. How can we do that? How can we build that up? So we're do- and and it's it's so easy for me because it's all about sitting there saying hey, that that's what a cool gig. You could say that we are the least respected, and I I don't believe this to be true necessarily, and I'm not painting it on my company. I'm just painting this in your own mind with the team you're on. We're we're the least respected, least relevant, least appreciated, least performing team in the entire company. Cool. You know, to quote Jocko, good, good. Absolutely, that's good. What are our wins? How do we shift that mindset? How do we give ourselves respect? How do we give, uh, give respect in the marketplace, right? I'd sit there and I said, we like, and I, I, we carved out in this one conversation, we carved out three or four things that are coming up in the next calendar year till the end of 2023, that if we knocked it out of the park, people would sit back and would without question be able to say, whatever they're doing, They are the glue to the company. And that's the word we used, glue. They are the glue to the company with what they did. And I and I said, would if we could do X, Y, and Z, would it be possible for people to say that about what we're doing? And the response was yes, absolutely. Well, there's your win. That's how you build your team. That's how you inspire them. That's how you motivate them. That's how you get the right language. That's how you get it organized. That's how you start tracking and metrics and all that. So whomever's listening, whatever team you're on, get out of your comfort zone, build better habits, create higher standards, figure out what your wins are, 
Figure out what you need to do to get to your next level of greatness with your team. And let's, and now I'm speaking back to myself, let's get out of this. It's, uh, it's March 15th. None of this matters. Nobody's listening. It's not that important. And it's okay just being okay. Man, if we could eliminate that phrase from everything that we do, and we could say you would never let your kids ever sit there and say, hey, it's okay just being okay, Dad. No, it's not. It's not okay. You've been blessed with certain things. You have certain gifts and talents. You have to understand work and service and, 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 and energy and all this sort of stuff to get you to your next level because what, let's just make a run at it and see what we're capable of. Right. And it's the thing of being of the modeling. And I read that this morning with um, with uh, David Goggins in his book, Never Finished. Right. The idea of, man, we're just models of what we see. We're models of what we see and what we hear and what we feel and what we experience. That is what we model. So if you see the parent, the team, the management, the leaders, the pre like whatever it is of your company, it's just OK. It's just okay. Right. And I have a different page here and I'm going to flip for a second so we can find it. And then I'm going to get to really what we're, what we called this, uh, what we called this podcast to talk about. Right. But it was this idea of from Gary V this morning. And this is what he said. And this is a little bit off point, but kind of on point and I'll twist it back around, but we are at our worst when the Delta between how I treat you is different than how you treat everyone you interact with. That's when we are at our worst. And what that really kind of means to me is the model, right? He is modeling, like this is the last thing he says with that. I don't manage you with fear and negativity. And what he said after that, in my own words, is I don't expect you to do the same thing. I don't do it. I expect you to do the same thing. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. I expect you to do the same thing. We are at our worst when the delta between how I treat you is different than how you treat everybody you interact with because I, I lead and manage out of inspiration, excitement, high goals, high standards, high values, high results, you know, um, trust, being connected, whatever it is, right? But then the idea of Anybody in your company is going to model, should model that. And he even says we are at our worst when there's a big delta between that. So you're really motivated and inspiring and pushing and getting up early and doing your aerobics and doing your yoga and in the gym and shooting shots and lifting weights and doing all that. But, you're, but your, your children aren't modeling it, right? Man, we're at our worst when there's a big delta between those things. Or your kids just roll with you with that. Because that's what they've always seen. That's what they feel. That's what they know. That's what they hear. That's the conversation. The conversation of, man, we're great. There's nothing we can't do. You're always going to be supported. You can crush it. We're going to put everything on the table. We're going to see what you're capable of. We're going to support you to get there. All that sort of stuff. But we don't do that with our own teams. We don't do that with our own teams. So that you've got to model that and sit there and say, hey, it's going to be hard. We're going to work and we're going to get after it, 
But my expectation is to be the glue of this company, to circle it back around. Nobody thinks we are now. I can't do, I can't deal with the fact that other people don't see us or me or all of us in the same light that I see you. That sucks. But here are three things we can do. Projects, releases, shoes, cars, whatever. And if we do these three or four things, they're huge wins for us. It will be celebrated and we will be viewed as the glue to the company if we do these things. Perfect. Right? So that's just perfect. Right? And that, that's the kind of the mindset you have to have. Um, and, we, and it stopped you. Like the word we had a few weeks ago was complacency and not being complacent with all this. Right? And getting out of your comfort zone. But man, we like those kids I was with last night are good. Good players. Good athletes, good young men, good students, all that sort of stuff, right? If we're not there, if we're not pushing them, and if we're just rolling the ball out, patting them on the back, saying they're great, they'll always just be okay. So they need what? Need leadership, need mentors, need examples, need a coach. As you get together with your team, not even your, not an athletic team, but as you get together with your team, they need that. They need that messaging. They need that inspiration. They need that motivation. They need that coaching. They need that parent. They need that. So you can sit there and say, man, we're good. We're good. But I'm telling you right now, we are capable of a lot more, right? And so the other, the thing I really wanted to kind of talk about was that was getting and motivating and inspiring me is, is I've said this before, and I really want to drive this home. For everybody listening, you've got to wake up every day and you've got to quickly tap into the things that move your needle, move the needle, and inspire you the most. And you need to tap into that as quickly as you can. What gets you going, right? There was a guy named uh, David Meltzer that was on the old podcast, big time guy, $100 million guy, had him on the old podcast, really appreciated his time. He continues to crush it. And he told me, he was like, hey, my entire day is built around me getting to 4 a.m. Everything I do, 12 p.m., 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m., whatever, to get me to 4 a.m. Because when I get to 4 a.m., I wake up, I get inspired, I get moved, I get everything going. Uh, I'm planning, I'm reading, I'm consuming, I'm getting inspired. And that positions me to have a great day. It positions me to be a great, you know, husband, father, but it positions me to be a great leader to my teams. And everything is built around that. So that's how he does it, right? Um, so you've got to figure that out on, on how you can move. So it's this, I, we've got to have that idea of tapping into consistently, daily, hourly, tapping into the things that move us, that inspire us, that can get us to the next, our next level of greatness, right? But this is what I was listening to, Ben Newman. Let me tell you this story. It's going to be longer than 20 minutes. I'm giving you that right now because we're a minute 42 away from uh, minutes. I'm stopping the clock, right? So we'll see how long this goes for it. But there was, uh, you know, Ben Newman is a guy here in St. Louis. I encourage everybody to go to YouTube, type in Ben Newman, click, click subscribe. You know, he's got a podcast called The Burn. Um, really good motivational guy. And I'm watching this like that. This is me tapping into what inspires and moves me. Gary V does. There's a language to him. There's a, a, a speed to him. There's a hustle to him. There's a, 
a narrative and a language to him that I just like that moves me. Right. And Ben Newman's the same way. Ben Newman's a player. He is a player in the motivational coaching space, a big time player. And, and the story I want to tell about him is this, and, and, uh, and I'll attach him to this. And maybe I've said this before. He doesn't know me. He's met me three or four times. He wouldn't know me. I could walk up to him right now and I'd have to reintroduce. And that's fine. Right. That's absolutely fine. But I saw him at a basketball game, sitting with his wife, watching his kid play. Leave him alone, George. Leave him alone. He's watching his kid play. But I was coaching some young athletes that were working out in a different gym. And leave him alone, George. Leave him alone. He's watching his kid play. So I waited, though. I waited till halftime. There's a minute left. I start making my way over. There's 30 seconds left. There's 10 seconds left. I sit down next to him and his wife, introduce myself. Hey, Mr. Newman, you know, appreciate all your content. I've met you once or twice before, you know, really appreciate you and everything you're doing. And I consume everything you do, right? Thank you. You know, good to meet you, George. Yep. And all this sort of stuff, right? But then I go like this. Hey, listen, I'm working with a team and we're about to start practice in the other gym. I know you're with your family. I know you're watching your kid play. Man, if we could get five minutes, it really, it really move these kids. It really move them. And he just looked, he was cool, right? He looked at me and he said, no, uh, I'm with my family right now. Totally understood, right? Totally understood. It's like, you know, having the guts to, you know, go, go and, and find the prettiest girl in the bar and, and ask, ask for a phone number, ask to buy her a drink, right? You got, you got some guts, like go up and do it, call your shot and see what happens, right? I called my shot and he said, no, that's cool. I understood it, right? Thanked him for it and all that and went back to the other gym and started working with my team right? And then after two minutes, they were warming up, they were shooting around, in walks Ben Newman. Comes right up to me, shakes my hand. He was like, hey, I thought halftime was only five minutes. It's 10. I've got a couple minutes for you and your team. Awesome. Brought them all together. He gave this great two-minute message and he walked away. Impactful for me. And, you know, it's this idea of message for all, trying to reach one. Message for all, trying to reach one you're not going to reach everybody i'm working with 30 athletes last night i thought we had a good message and the message was for everyone including myself and i'm just hoping one kid soaks it up so he gives this great message what's the point of the ben newman story one find somebody that you that is mentoring you even if you don't know him ben newman doesn't know me still doesn't know me and he's a mentor of mine right um somebody that i should be listening to reading and consuming on a daily basis. But here's the thing, get out of your comfort zone, go call your shot. You see something you want. There's something you need. Be respectful to everybody. Go up. Hey, really enjoy everything you're doing. Really like, and would you mind doing this for No, no, I'm busy right now. Cool. I get it. Sorry to interrupt you. Enjoy the game. I'm glad I did that because what if when Ben Newman agreed now this is now the, the the circle back is also on him and he had no reason to do that this guy makes a lot of money i'm guessing giving talks organizations businesses flying all over the place working with kansas state football working with michigan state football working with alabama football and speaking to those audience I, and he flies around on private jets and does all this and is the coach's coach right awesome and but for him to do that does speaks volumes. Hey, I'm going to go talk to 
this small group, I don't know, at my son's game during halftime. That just speaks volumes. So be that person. Be the person that's willing to go out and go get what you want and go ask questions even if you get shot down and get told no. Doesn't matter. Ben, ben Newman wouldn't even know that right now if he had said no and didn't show up and said no, he wouldn't think anything about that right now, right? But he spent the time and that was impactful to me and those young athletes because right after that meeting later that night, I got messages from their parents. I got messages from them about how thankful and grateful they were. So was it worth it? Absolutely, okay? So I'm looking at a page of notes. So I'm gonna pivot off that and I just wanted to set up Ben Newman a little bit. And, and how appreciative I was of him and of his content and all that. But here's the thing that he was talking about. He made this comment to a room full of lawyers in the content that I was consuming this morning. A room full of lawyers. And this just kind of impacted me. And, and, and how you can work with your teams and how you need to acknowledge your teams. And let's really circle back to, is it athletic related? It's always athletic related. But this is, the car salesman, the VMware salesman, the lifetime guy, like all my friends, like my, the people that consume this, like it's, it's all of you. And his comment is this. And he made, he made this comment and I, and I've said this before about myself. Hey, I'm not for everybody. And he said that to these lawyers. He's like, I'm kind of in your face and I am too. And I'm not for everybody. Him saying that. And I've said that before as well, because our standards are high. Our expectations are high getting people out of their comfort zone, carving out wins, trying to be the best. When, like, I'm looking at my notes here. Winning every damn day. Now, he's much better at it. If you follow his content, that sucker's winning every day, right? And I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the running, but I'm probably, you know, losing close games or I'm, you know, the line's eight every day, right? And, I'm in a, and not in my favor, right? So, but he says this, not everybody really wants it. I might not be for everybody. And not everybody really wants it. Your team and the people you're working with, they may not really want the hard coaching. Hard coaching where you, they understand your intent and heart and motive. Not everybody's going to want that. Not everybody really wants it, he says. Not everybody really wants to figure out how great they can be. Not everybody really wants to figure out how great they can be. That's on me too. A lot of chips on the table, a lot of opportunities, a lot of conversations to quit on and to make excuses and to give into your team's like that. Everybody that's listening to this, your team is like that. You've got to be able to coach like, man, it sucked that my kid didn't want to get up this morning and shoot. It sucked. He left it on the table and not everybody really wants to figure out how great they can be. Are you allowed a day off? Eh, I guess so. Right. When you're sitting there and you're working with your own kids, there's greatness out there. And maybe the greatness is at 6 a.m. Go get your greatness. Go get it. You didn't want it today. You didn't get it today. So we've got to coach and lead and inspire in such a way that we can get those people to that level of greatness. And then the question was this. You've got to really celebrate with your teams. And this is more Ben Newman stuff. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of tell my own story around his content. We played a game in early November. And I'm going to spin this back to how you celebrate your teams and what you do as a leader. 
And we played a game. It was our second game of the year and we won really big. And some people that typically didn't get to play didn't uh, got to play. And some of them that didn't get to play too much in the past scored a lot. We had one, uh, one of our athletes in particular was really good. That game doesn't, did not play much, played a lot for us, but at this point of the season did not play much, put in a fair amount of work. Wasn't really expecting too much, uh, uh, from the season. And he had 17 points in a game, 17 points and highest scoring game of the year for him. And word got around back to the coaches of, man, I scored 17 points today. I should have tomorrow off. I don't need to practice today, the day after the game. I don't need to practice today. I had 17 points yesterday. And Ben Newman's talking about this to a room full of lawyers. I just settled the biggest case ever for the company. I just settled a case I've been working on for six, eight, 12 months. I'm taking a vacation. I'm taking tomorrow off. I just scored 17 points. I'm taking tomorrow off. Now, if you, this is his his phrase, if you choose to stop working when you win, you will never understand what your highest level of performance looks like. Let me say that again too. If you choose to stop working when you win, you will never understand what your highest level of performance looks like, ever. You're leaving chips on the table. Should you celebrate? Absolutely. Should that young athlete have been really excited about his 17 points? Absolutely. His comment to those lawyers is, man, you put in a lot of work, a lot of hours, a lot of whatever, research, whatever, to get that win. You should enjoy it. A lot of work goes into it. If you're an athlete, coaching athletes, the work that goes into winning games and the time that it takes and whatever, right? That's significant. You should feel good about it. A leader, a coach, a man, a really good manager. I don't love the word manager. I'm not saying I don't like it. I, I just don't know. I just don't love it, right? And there's probably a conversation there, right? I like, you know, you know, the coach, the leader. Let's stay with those phrases. Celebrate with your team. Let them feel it. All that sort of stuff. Let them celebrate it. Do a quick retro. What went our way? What could we have done better? There's, there's always items to get better at in the win. In the win. It's funny. In the world of athletics, you're down a point with the ball under 10 seconds to go. And you drive it down and you make the game-winning shot. One shot, 10 seconds, you win the game. You go in the locker room, you celebrate, you high five, you pat each other on the back, and you only talk about the great things that happened. Great shot, so-and-so, you saved the day. Look at, we rebounded the ball well, we did X, Y, and Z well, man, you guys deserved it, you worked hard, all this sort of stuff. That's how we are. Same scenario, 10 seconds left down a point, game-winning shot, hits back rim and falls off. You go to the locker room, frustrated, tears, disappointed, all that sort of stuff, and you start talking about all the things you didn't do well off of 10 seconds, the last 10 seconds in one shot. And I say that because there's good and bad in everything. You hit the game-winning shot. There's plenty of things in there to coach and, 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 and correct. And when you miss the game-winning shot, there's plenty of things to be excited about. So you've got to figure that out as a leader. And that, you know, again, is a sport analogy, but that's selling shoes, selling cars, selling software. It is. 
man, we want a huge contract. What could we have done better? If you choose to stop working when you get a win, you will never understand what your highest level of performance looks like. Let them celebrate, acknowledge it, pat them on the back, give names, give all that sort of stuff. And then immediately re and then immediately in your mind, if you're the leader coach to sit back and say, what's our next win? If our group and our company, and I'm not saying this is true, but if our group and company and outside, whatever, doesn't think that what we're doing is great or we're not respected or whatever it is, right? Let's figure out our next three wins and let's, let's, the reality is, and you may not know this ahead of time, I'm going to figure out what our next one, two, three wins are if possible. But I really got it. We really got to figure out what our next 10 wins are. And we may not know four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Four through 10, we may not know. But I definitely know what one, two, and three are. And let's set our teams up. Let's set our team up to go from the worst to the best. You want your team, regardless of what you're doing and what industry you're in, this is just what I would do and encourage you to do. You want to sit there and say, what does it take for us to have everybody in this entire company say that is the most important group we have, the most important team we have. They are the absolute glue to everything we do. They are the most impactful. They are the most service-oriented. They have the best leadership. Everybody wants to go to that team and be a part of what's going on there. They are the best. How can you get there when you're sitting around saying right now we're the worst? If you say you're the worst, if you get frustrated with all that, everybody around you is feeling it as well. Not just the people on your team, but even outside your team. You got to change the habits, the mindsets, the language, the results. And you've got to continue. You've got to carve out your wins. You've got to carve out your wins, right? So the one thing he said that really motivated me, and it's, it's a talk on online here that you could get to on YouTube with Ben Newman is standards over feelings. And, and I've heard this before, and I didn't spend a lot of time with it. I didn't get into the details of it. But this idea of don't allow your feelings to, de to determine how you show up. Your standards are high. You are the working to be the best. You want to be the best. You want to be the glue of the company. You want to be the most important team around. Don't let your feelings determine how you show up. Live to that standard one day at a time. That's a quote from Ben Newman. You've got to live that standard every single day, regardless of how you feel or what is going on or what setback you have or who's sick or who's not going to be out or we didn't get this sale or we didn't get that software release, whatever it is. I'm not going to let those things and how I feel get me off point of the standards that we have as a group or an organization or as a team. So to circle that back around to an athletic, that'll make more sense maybe to some of us. If we decide that our standards are to do these three things really well and we start losing games, we're not changing our standards. We're not going to sit there and feel like, oh, we're, we're losing. We're not that good. This doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. We can't become that. We can't become that. We can't become that model of what we're striving for. We can't become that. So we're going to just change. Our, so now I feel bad and like I'm going to change my standards. 
No, your standards have to be over your feelings. That is what we're becoming. That's who we are. That's what our habits are. That's what our standards are. That's what this looks like in 12, 16 months, three years, whatever it is. And our feelings and possibly some results along the way are not going to detract us from those standards and our goals and where we're headed to. We're just going to uncover and learn more about what not what doesn't work. Right? So standards over feelings. But listen, there, there's so much here from Ben Newman. I'd encourage you all to go to YouTube or Spotify and figure out, you know, I think it's called The Burn is what it is, right? Um, is what his podcast is. And just tapping in to those things that motivate and inspire you, right? If you've made it this far, I appreciate all the support. We've gone a little bit longer. We're like at 37 minutes. It's typically a 20 minute podcast. And again, it's, we got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to develop better habits. We can't leave anything on the table when we know we're supposed to be great. 100% we're supposed to be great. 100%. Imagine this. What would the, what would the 10 year old, 10, 10 years ago self, not 10 year old, but the 10 years ago. So I'm 50. What would the 40 year old be saying about what I'm doing today at 50? What would the 40 year old me be saying about me at 50? I think he'd be really excited. I think he'd be really proud. I think he'd be flexing. I think he'd be puffing his chest up. I think he'd be doing all that. I I do. I believe that. The 40-year-old me and the goals and ambitions and dreams and everything I had, have we fulfilled them all? No. But are things really good? Absolutely. I think the 40-year-old me be really proud of where I'm at at 50. And there's more on the table. We're capable of more. So the 60-year-old me in 10 years has to be sitting back saying, like, I've, like, why am I down about what's going on today? Recalibrate, restructure, reorganize, refocus and get after it because there's more on the table. And so the 60-year-old me is going to say, man, remember you were down about, remember all this other stuff that you wanted at 50 and you, you were so frustrated about it and you weren't doing X, Y, and Z, but now you're doing it. What would the 50-year-old be saying? 50-year-old be saying, would be proud of the 60-year-old me, would be flexing and say, man, you crushed it. So just set that up. Or the 60-year-old's going to be saying, you were capable of a lot more and you didn't do it. And you left a lot on the table, right? So think about you 10 years ago. Think about you now. Are you the same? Are you better? Are you worse? Would he be disappointed? Would she be disappointed? Or would she or he be sitting around saying, man, you're crushing it, but wait till the next 10 years. Get refocused, reorganized, recalibrated, re-strategized, like all that re-stuff, right? And just get after it, right? And it starts with me. I didn't want to press record on this. It's okay being okay. It's okay being okay. It's not okay. It's not okay when you have coins on the table and chips on the table and you're capable of, of greatness. We wouldn't let a 16-year-old say it. Why would we let a 50-year-old say it? So, I listen, I appreciate your time. If you've made it the 39 minutes and 33 seconds, um, please um, do me this favor. Comment on this. And the feedback and messaging to me has really been a great and humbling. I had a phone call this past week. Somebody, a friend of mine down south, just had wanted to talk and and vent a little bit and wanted to strategize a little bit. And it was about leadership and it was about his team and called me out of the blue and I'm glad I answered it. And we had a a great conversation. He was asking my opinion. So I, you know, spoke a little bit about it and our situations were similar, but it helped me get better. 
right? So um, just, you know, reach out, connect with me on LinkedIn. Let's start a conversation. And I, and I appreciate all, all that's going on. So listen, um, yeah, again, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all that. Track me down, like, share, comment. It's always appreciated. Have a great rest of the week.